Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. We have a resource that we want to give you called A Prayer Against Generational Sins. You can receive this free resource when you text the word rejoice to 954-908-6744. Again, to receive the resource called A Prayer Against Generational Sins, just text the word rejoice to 954-908-6744. Hey there, everyone. We're so excited. We're doing a podcast with a standard, Mackenzie. She's praying for her husband to come home, and you're going to be thrilled to hear about how she is standing and believing for her husband to come home suddenly. Uh, I'm going to open up with a scripture that I think is great for you to memorize and to know regularly and uh, because it's going to give you hope and peace. So I love Romans 15:13, and this is my opening for you and for everyone that's listening to this podcast, and I pray you will tell many others to listen to it and get hope and encouragement. In Romans 15:13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is our prayer with Rejoice Marriage Ministries, that you will walk in faith and hope, filling you with joy and peace each and every day, trusting in the Lord and overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you're feeling defeated or anxious or hopeless, this is going to be a scripture for you that you can memorize and be encouraged and be encouraged also by listening to Mackenzie and us talk about standing when you're uh, waiting for a spouse to come home. So, Mackenzie, welcome. We're so excited to have you, and we're thrilled that you're willing to share about your walk and praying for your husband to come home. Welcome. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm excited. Well, Mackenzie, let's jump into it and tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, For example, how long have you been married, and were you and your husband believers when you got married? So my husband and I got married March 19, 2016, and he left a day before our three-year anniversary. Uh, We were believers um, when we got married. I'm still a believer, but I'm not sure if Chris is or not. Um, We've been best friends since seventh grade, and and that's really basically um, just how we, like, came to get married is we were best friends, and one day I just realized, like, whoa, like I can't live without you, you know. And what led to your marriage problems? Did you have problems in the beginning or did it just start suddenly or what started the demise of your marriage? I, I'm i not sure. I think um, our first two years of marriage, he was in the Army, so we lived together maybe six months. Our first two years, um, we lived in Colorado I think our marriage problems probably started when he got out of the Army and he moved back to our hometown. Um, We actually lived with my mom and dad, so he was with his in-laws. And I think that that's where the problem started, but that wasn't something that we ever really discussed. So our communication broke down when he got home, and then I think he just got tired of living close to my parents and feeling like he was their kid and not an adult. So did he move out then at that time? 
Yes, when he um, when he said he was done, he was leaving. He packed up his stuff and he moved with his dad, and now he has an apartment um, by himself in the city. Have you been able to talk to him once you realized what the situation um, with your living with your parents caused? Were you able to say, I'm ready to move or let us work on our marriage and get out away from family? Yes, actually, I um, didn't really realize that until like a week or two after he left, um, but that may be a problem because he actually spoke with my brother and my brother told me that this is a really big problem. I don't know if he told you that. So I immediately was like, oh my goodness. I called him up. I was like, hey, I realized that maybe living with my parents is not ideal. I'm 100% open to moving right now, even if that means living in our car for a week or two. That's fine. Like, I really want to work on this. Uh, He just wasn't open to it. So how did you first hear or learn about standing for your marriage and fighting for your marriage? So I, it was a week into my husband leaving, my mom's best friend, had a friend who she was like, hey, my friend went through this. She actually ended up standing for her marriage. This is the ministry she used, and she sent me um, Rejoice Marriage Ministries. And I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't open it or anything. And then like a week later, I was like, okay, well, I'd like to talk to this person. So her name's Missy. I met her through my mom's best friend, and then she was like, this is what happened. I called her. She spoke to me. She told me their testimony, and she just told me, like, you don't have to give up on this if this is what you like, if you want to stay married. And after that, I just dove right in. I was like, I don't want to give up on this marriage. I don't want to be married to anybody else. And does your husband know that that's the way you feel? Does he know that you're praying for your marriage to be restored? I believe so. I mean, I've mentioned it many times. Like, I sent him a letter in the beginning saying, I don't want to give up on this marriage. I'll never, um, like, I'm not going to take my ring off. I'm praying for you to come home. The door's always open. But I've never told him about Rejoice Marriage Ministries or anything. Well, you sending that letter is awesome, and that's perfect, because we want everyone to identify and tell their husband or wife that they are not giving up and and explain why and in a letter or a phone call or a text, whatever means of communication they can do, you want to draw the line in the sand and you want to say, I am believing for God to restore and resurrect our dead marriage. And regardless of what you're doing, I am going to be praying for God to do a miracle in our marriage so that they know that they know that regardless, you're calling on God to intervene and touch them and get them to believe that they can, marriage can be resurrected from all the negativity that they're thinking of. They've been blinded, deceived, or you may all not been going to church or all the different reasons that you have not been a good communicator with all the men and women. Whoever has been talked to by the Lord and intervened by somebody giving a ministry uh, their name to get help and hope, then that's what we all need to do. And that is what I even had to do. Um, When Bob was uh, gone, God spoke to me, and then the lady at the ended up turning, being my prayer partner at work, 
told me God can do anything. Nothing is too hard. And that is when I started speaking to Bob that I've made a lot of mistakes. You've made a lot of mistakes in our marriage, but God can heal and restore it where we didn't have that faith and hope to believe for that then. So I'm so proud of you that you did write a letter. Um, Mackenzie, when you first started standing, what did you start to see different in your life? What did you what did you notice changing in your spiritual life or in your daily walk with Christ? Did you change at all? Absolutely. Um, in the beginning, I would say, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. But, you know, I didn't really – I would go to church, but I wouldn't go consistently. And I never really read my Bible except for that time when I was sitting in church. So when my husband first left, absolutely nothing would bring me peace. Nothing would – I like, I, I was sad. I was distraught. I didn't have anything. So I immediately, like, turned to God. I was like, I can't, I can't do this without you because that's always what my parents have done. Like, they'd be reading their Bible, and I was like, maybe God can help me. In the beginning, God brought me to my knees multiple times. Like, this is something you've done, and this is something that is not of me. Like, you need to change this. It, he brought me multiple things in my life that needed to go. Like, uh, one time I was sitting on the couch watching TV, and I have my bookshelf right next to my couch, and I heard God say, do these books represent our relationship? Are these a healthy thing? And no, they weren't. They have, like, vampires and werewolves and stuff. And I was like, these got to go. So... My life has changed so much. I don't say as many negative things as I had. I dedicate time every night to reading my Bible. I write in my prayer journal. I pray throughout the day. I'm not as mean as I was. I'm not as controlling as I was. I'm just learning that when something hard comes up, I need to give it to God and trust God that he has plans for me and plans to prosper me and not to harm me. So he's totally changed you through this, which is a miracle in itself. And that is so secret for every husband or wife that is praying for their spouse to uh, want to come back or work on their marriage is that God starts with us first. He didn't start with my husband. He started with me first. He started with Mackenzie first. And I can tell you it, it, it tracks that way. The Lord is trying to get your attention, and he's knocking on your door many different ways as Mackenzie mentioned, but he wants to cleanse you and your house to get anything that is not of godly or not Christ-like, that the Lord is going to say, how about this, we get rid of this, or how about if we get rid of that? And um, the Lord is going to change your heart and your mind and your living and what books you're going to be reading and what books you're not going to be reading, what TV shows may not be appropriate and um, text messages or on the Facebook or Twitter or um, Instagram, you may eliminate some of the things that you were, were involved with and you may not be go- talking to all these different people as loosely as you have. And that is a transformation first in your heart and life and your mind. Uh, God wants in Romans 12 that we renew our mind, and that is so awesome that you did it because your mom and dad or your family, your brothers or sisters, all of them notice that, and and they start seeing something different. Well, your husband or wife are seeing the same thing, and we know that your husband started seeing a change. 
Mackenzie, you mentioned that you journal, and what does that look like for you? I know that when my parents were divorced that they both journaled um, differently in the time they were apart, and my mom has shared many times since then about the stories of after they were restored when they actually sat down to compare their journals, and you could see a connection between her writing prayer requests that she was praying, and my dad would write in his journal he was frustrated because her prayers were being answered, and he didn't realize the things that were happening to him were a direct result of her prayers. So what do you do when you journal? So in the beginning of my stand, the pain was just so bad, you know, that I would just write on notebook paper all day, like just my prayers to God, like, God, I need help, God, I need you. God, I don't know what to do. I need your guidance. I have, like, a big spiral notebook of just, like, the first um, few weeks. Uh, that's the only way that I could get through the day. And now when I journal, I'll just be like, good morning, God. Like, how are you? I'll talk to him. But some, the pain is just too much. I'll write out my prayers. Like, when I can't speak out loud, Instead, I'll just fully turn over to my journal and I'll just write my prayer for the day. You know, I'll write what I want God to know, how how I'm feeling. Um, I also document um, things that happened that day, like little glimpses, or I'll write down um, Bible verses that God gave me. So really, my journaling is me talking more to God than it is me trying to keep track of certain things. That is so beautiful because that is what we encourage and what you're doing is excellent. And I know of so many, many people that have started it and have done it. And it is like a healing to them. And it's, it's really helps them feel um, better that day when they do it compared to not doing it. And um, writing prayers, there are even books that people have published of writing prayers to God. So it is something that is very real. And writing them in the future, you are going to see, as one man has said to me, that his prayers, um, he didn't know where he was, but he goes back, he went back to where he started standing and reading the prayers to where he is now. And he sees the spiritual growth. He sees where he was hurting so much and how much God has done. And often we get to a point that we don't think God is doing anything, that he is not moving. But when you go back and start reading the older journals that you have, you will start to see the hand of God in your life and you will have maybe forgotten all the different little miracles, or I call them nuggets of gold, that God gives us as blessings. And you will start seeing that. And if you have started journaling and you maybe have stopped or if you have never done it, I would encourage everyone to do it. Um, Bob, like Lori said, used to have a calendar book that was like a journal that he wrote the events of his day and and had stars meaning something and something else. But he had this all documented. And I, at the same time, was writing out prayers and, and crying out to the Lord and uh, writing down all the scriptures that the Lord gave me during that time. So um, it is really will be helpful for you. It'll be awesome when you guys get back together again with Mackenzie and her husband and, and you getting back with your husband or wife that you will be able to share at the appropriate time. God won't want you doing it instantly. 
but the Lord will open a doorway in maybe a year or two that you will uh, get those uh, journals and know that it's all right to discuss it then. Because I would pray the other woman gone all the time or that her car would not be able to go north that many miles. And many times um, she had car trouble or many one time that she was going to leave that her uh, garage door broke that weekend and it kept hitting the car and the roof of the car so she couldn't go up there. And I said, Lord, Bob told me afterwards, but I said, wow, you did block her going up there. And he does answer our prayers and he does it in many different ways. Uh, She would end up having to have her children that weekend when she didn't plan on them. And so we have to pray directly, specifically, and asking God to um, intervene in bringing our husbands home and wives home. It reminds me of the scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 6 that says, These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And that scripture always reminds me how important it is for us to remember. And I know that right now when you're in the midst of a struggle, you want to forget the pain and forget what what you're going through, but you've already seen evidence of God working in your life and the way he has changed you and, and the way you're clinging to him now because of the situation that you're in. And so it is such a testament to your life and what you're going through to be able to have those journals and those prayer books that someday you'll be able to share with, with people so they can intimately know what you've been going through during this time. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. What would you say one of the biggest struggles is that you face while you're standing? It would be like one day I'll hear a lot from God and then some days it's just complete silence and I'm like, okay, like what's going on, you know? Um, so I would say some doubt. Uh, doubt definitely creeps in. I know that's probably not what... Um, those listening want to hear, but doubt is, yeah, doubt's definitely a big thing and it weighs on you. But then when God's not being silent anymore, it's like, what, what, what was he showing me? You know, it's in those moments you're, you're devastated. But then when you get out of those moments, you're like, okay, well then what did I learn? Hi, it's Lori. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. I know that we have enjoyed so much this past year in producing so many new podcasts and creating the content that I really think is resonating with so many of you. We appreciate your support in listening to the podcast and we appreciate your support um, in subscribing to receive them and sharing the episodes with other people. We have had a phenomenal response from people who have really communicated to tell us how much it means to them. As we wind down the year, I also want to make you aware of where you can donate if you would like to support the work that we do here at Rejoice Marriage Ministries. You can visit rejoiceministries.org and right on the top of that page you can donate. Your donation, if it's being mailed, needs to be postmarked by December 31st for it to be included for your tax records in 2019. 
We are so thankful for all of you who give sacrificially. And we know that according to the scripture, the Bible says that your first fruits, your tithes, should go to your local church. And that is what we have always taught at Rejoice Marriage Ministries. And that's what we encourage you to do. So we understand that when you're giving to us, you're giving from above and beyond your tithes. And we appreciate that. And we look to see how God will continue to multiply the gifts that are given so we can continue to minister to people. And what would be a place where you see that you have victory? I know you've already shared some of the victories you have, but where do you feel that during this this process that you're seeing a lot of victory happen? I know for sure I've seen victory in, um, like, uh, when my dad passed away, I was I was mad. I was, um, my dad's my prayer partner, you know, so like Charlene, she lost her prayer partner, I lost mine, you know, and in that time, right. I didn't even hear from my husband, you know, I I was like, okay, well, that's kind of messed up, you know, so I picked up the phone and I called him out of anger, you know, and I was like, you know, we've been best friends for this long, and you can't even tell me you're sorry that my dad's passed away, and then I was like, God, I wrote in my prayer journal, I have the page, I drew a picture of like a road separating. And I was like, God, I need you to guide me because right now I can't believe you would want me to be with somebody that doesn't even care to tell me I'm sorry your dad passed away. And I was like, God, I'm done, I give up, like I can't do this anymore. And um, I opened uh, my devotional book and it said sometimes way we do things that benefit others and I was like it was like the whole idea behind standing but spoken through somebody else I was like all right God I'll, I'll keep holding on and then that weekend at the funeral my husband was there my husband came to the visitation my husband was there for the funeral he held my hand the whole time he let me introduce him as my husband to other people so it's just like I see the victory in God like no don't you give up yet. Like, don't you give up on him. I'm not giving up on him. I haven't given up on you. It's just moments like that, you know, when you're, you tell God, like, no, I'm done. And he's like, no, you're not. You're not done. He's always working on the other side. You know, um, Mackenzie, God gave me a scripture when I was standing. And God reminded me of it just now when you were talking. But Bob lived at a condo up north two hours away. And his girlfriend lived in the same city we lived in, so she was at a distance. But Bob's condo had a a swimming pool and had a lot of young working women. So he kept telling me about all these different women that he's meeting and that are working and so forth. And I felt like I was being attacked from north, south, east, and west. And um, the Lord said to me and gave me Mark 11, 22, and he said, have faith in God. And that is a word for every one of you because we need to not walk in our circumstances, look at our circumstances, hear about our circumstances, hear what our spouse is doing with anybody else 
or if they're living with someone else, or even if they're in a non-covenant marriage, you know that is not God's will. You know it. And uh, and we're, we've got the covenant marriage. We need to stand on that promise. And it's a covenant. But this one, Mark eleven twenty two says, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, Well, what is your mountain of distance, of circumstances, another person, um, you know, your divorce, what is it? Go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, believes what the Lord has said will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. And that is a scripture with a condition on it and that we often teach about is that we can have a lot of anger and bitterness about our spouses that are away and doing many different things, but we need to forgive them. You know, forgiveness, Jesus says 70 times 7. Um, we are to be over constantly forgive them. If you're battling that, I really recommend you get the CD or MP3 of Forgive Them because that is a whole CD of what the Lord says about forgiveness. And we must walk in forgiveness so that we do not hold grudges. We don't have attitudes when they call us up and they just call us up by whatever reason, talk to the kids. We need to have a Christ-like attitude at all times. We need to forgive them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and all the time, and that when they call us, there's going to be a time like Bob showed up at my office and pulls up, and if I'm walking in anger and bitterness because he's been out that previous weekend and I know he was with her, that I'm going to have an attitude. But if I open that door, I had no idea why he was there two hours away from home, from his home, and I had no idea. But he wanted to get me in the car to say, stop praying. You're harassing me, it's torment, it's witchcraft, and I said, I'll do a lot of things for you, but I will never stop praying to my Lord. And um, and it goes on, and some of you may never have heard the story, but he took me to the courthouse, and he says, okay, I'm getting a license that we're going to get married someday. You put it in your Bible. Someday I know I'll have to be obedient to God someday. I know I'm living in sin. but So I'll give you a, a license just to put in your Bible to give you a little bit of hope. But I'm going on with my life, and you can't tell me what to do. And I just want – in fact, I'll take you where I take my girlfriend, to her favorite restaurant that's the most expensive I've ever taken. I'm never taking to this type of a restaurant. I'll take you for lunch today. That was the last place I wanted to go see where his girlfriend wanted to go and an expensive restaurant, and I would like Cracker Barrel or something. But the bottom line was I was praising the Lord that he wanted to share it with me and have a beautiful a lunch. But God spoke to Bob at that lunch and said, you've made the biggest mistake, and you need to marry her today. Well, I was in the restroom. He's getting talked to by God. Because I went to the restroom, and I'm praying, Lord, what do I say? What do I do? I don't want to goof this up. So Bob, when I came back, said, you know, I feel God is telling me today, you won't believe this, but um, I believe we're supposed to, God wants me to marry you today. I don't want to marry you. I don't want to move home. But I have had the Holy Spirit speak to me, 
and I know he's speaking to me, and I'm scared if I don't do it, what God will do to me. Because before that incident, he had had four freak accidents that almost happened to him. So he knew he felt like God was correcting him. So he said, call the pastor, the office, and see if the pastor's in this afternoon. And since we got the license, I think God's telling me we got to marry this afternoon. So I'm shocked at this restaurant. We haven't even got our food yet. And God has been moving on him that fast. And I'm worried about what restaurant we're going to. So you never know what God is going to do for each and every one of you. He's got a plan and a purpose for you that is so great. And Mackenzie is going to have so many stories in that journal of circumstances and how God turns them around to good. And you are too. And keep writing it down so you can remember it and show your husband, wife, or children. Mackenzie, do you have any scriptures that have been meaningful to you? Yes, actually, I wanted to address, like, how do you know if you're supposed to be standing? Because I know as a a new stander, I struggled with that. And I was like, this is completely insane. Everyone's telling me (laughs) no. My dad in the beginning was like, absolutely not. You deserve so much better than that. Um, I was like, God, like, I need you to show me. So... This was about a month in. I have it marked uh, April 15th, and I was reading a book. Like, I was just turning. I haven't even heard of Philemon, so I was reading it, and I came to verse 12, and it said, I'm sending him to you, who is my very heart, back to you. And I stopped, and I was like, I wrote I wrote in the, the side. I was like, I'm sending Chris back to you, Lord. Like, please cleanse his heart and make him new. I didn't go past that. And then once I was finished writing, I continued to read, and God brought me 15. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. And I knew in that moment, I am supposed to be standing for this marriage. No one's going to tell me otherwise, no matter. I had a friend text me last week, when are you going to realize he doesn't want to be married to you? And I was like, you know what? God's made me a promise, and I'm not giving up on that. That is so awesome because God gave me 30 years ago that same scripture and he has given it to many people that are going to be listening to this podcast and they may have gotten that scripture also and it is amazing. In fact, we've had devotionals written about it uh, of people sharing that scripture. So it's a scripture that God gives the standards to give them, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. For a little while they may be gone, but they're coming home. What a promise that you received, and that's the point. It is a promise, and so many of you are receiving promises that you don't realize it's a promise from God, and he's a promise keeper, and that is why you have to be excited about it and write it down and keep speaking those and declaring those that this is, God, you've said this to me, and I'm waiting it, and I'm waiting and believing for it to come sooner than later in Jesus' name. That's beautiful. I love that scripture. Mackenzie, one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you today is because we think it's important for people to see somebody who is having victory in their situation. You're not at the point where your marriage has been restored yet, and you're right in the midst of the trials, but you're being victorious. You're seeing God move. 
Um, you're seeing answers to prayer, and that's so powerful for people who are maybe feeling discouraged with that. But one of the other reasons is that you um, represent two segments of a lot of people that are part of this ministry, and one is a military spouse. And we know that we have a lot of people, unfortunately, who are involved in the military and have had their marriage fall apart. And it's just a different um, beast. It's a different set of trials that a military family faces. You have been through long periods where your husband wasn't with you, and sometimes the um, person who's standing and praying for restoration is the person who is being deployed constantly. And so we know that that's, that's a struggle in your family and a struggle that so many of us can't identify with. But also, um, you've been married less than 10 years, and it's a very common statistic um, for people that, that come to Rejoice Marriage Ministries and want to get help with their marriages, that they've been married less than 10 years, or the next segment is people that have been married 21 to 35 years. Like they're past the kids in the house and they're starting to enter life without kids, and they realize that they're, they don't know each other anymore. So it's two common segments, but we really wanted people to see um, a person who's doing it and victorious and steadfast. And we had a podcast recently with Tom and Amy, and Tom was that steadfast person when he was the one praying for restoration, and that's the same way you are right now. You're steadfast and you're resolved that God has told you what to do. And throughout the Bible, there's so many scriptures that talk about things happening for God's glory, and it sounds like that's where you are, that you're not where you want to be in your marriage today, but you know that things are happening day after day, and God's the one who's going to be glorified in the end, and he's glorified every day because the change that has been made in your life through this. Yeah, it's uh, definitely hard in the beginning because you're just so confused. You're like, why would why would a God that's loving why would he want my marriage to fall apart? But I can honestly tell you guys that I did not know God like I know God now before my husband left. And it's beautiful. And I, I have to remember that. Amen. And I have to be thankful for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We hear that time and time again that, that God can use this situation to reveal the areas where you were not living like you should be. And so that's a praise that, that you've listened to him and that you see changes. And I would encourage ones that are alone like um, like Mackenzie is right now is to get involved in church. Um, loneliness and getting involved with, if you're in a woman, get in a women's Bible study at church. If you're a man, get up early. They have men's meetings and men's Bible studies and different meetings um, on Sunday nights maybe. Um, there's a variety of different churches that do a variety of things separately for men and women. And that is where you can go and grow in the Lord. You will find one, maybe one or two people that will hear your story in, in a few weeks or months and that they will want to pray with you. But you don't, you just need to be in healthy relationships 
instead of being alone. Loneliness is the enemy, is from the enemy. And we want you to get involved in your church. Go to church. Find a church. Um, and you may have to go to two or three that believe in marriage restoration. And you may not even know if they believe in marriage restoration. But if they're preaching the gospel, if they're really, if they're having salvations regularly, then you know that they believe in heart transformations. And then you can go to your pastor and say, and tell them what you're doing and asking him to pray and his wife to pray for, for your marriage. Um, if he is a little, um, surprised, then you can give him our website and he can see that it's all scriptural. But you will find a church that is going to support you and get involved with men, with men and women with women and grow in the Lord and have fellowship. God does not want you to be alone. That's a lie from the enemy because the enemy wants you to have loneliness and just feel um, depressed and discouraged and defeated. And But if you go out with a couple of girls or different things um, or go to the movies, whatever, it, you need to have fellowship, and you can learn to get some really neat people that you will get to know, like I did with Vera, that will be your, become a prayer partner. We are not to be stagnant and, and go into becoming a hermit while we're standing. We're to radiate the Lord Jesus Christ. When I was standing, and I started standing just like a Mackenzie, the ushers would see me go into church, and they say, Wow, you look so different. You've got a, like a glow on your face. Um, it seems like you have just, you're radiating. And I said, well, that's because I'm praying and I'm reading the word and the Lord has got me praying for Bob to come home and we're, I'm just getting prepared to be the wife I need to be and the, praying for my husband to be the father and husband he needs to be. And give God the glory. We do look different. There's people that you can look at at a store or anywhere else that is looking downtrodden, depressed, or even a waitress or a waiter at a restaurant. You feel like you need to say to them, is there something I can pray for you? Because they're, they're really just downtrodden. And we want to have you radiate the Lord and have the glow of the Lord in the midst of your trials and tribulations. The Lord is there. And I think that's what Mackenzie is doing right now. She is radiating the Lord even in the midst of all of her trials and um, tribulations, that she is victorious because of Jesus Christ. What do you think, Mackenzie? Absolutely. I just, I mean, some days are hard, and that's okay, but... Just knowing that you have a God that loves you and just hearing about all the amazing things that he does is just, it's unbelievable. I can't even put it into words. What I think that you have is you have a very strong, healthy relationship with the Lord as your Lord and Savior and as your husband. He is your husband right now for this season. In Isaiah 54, it says that. And that is what I think he, why you can do what you do. But when people don't lean on the Lord and lean on the promises of God and, and read the Word and, you know, maybe pick up another book that's a Christian book or whatever or listen to the podcast, listen to these podcasts to get encouragement, listen to Tom and Amy's story and the other ones that we have of the testimonies, they will give you wisdom and knowledge. And if we don't give 100% to reading the daily devotionals and the podcast, 
then you're not being filled up with marriage restoration. Well, what are you filling yourself up with? Doubt, fear, and unbelief? Instead, we want to fill you up with all of the positives and get you to grow. And the ones that are on top of this, like Mackenzie, is the one that's reading the daily devotionals and she's memorizing, maybe memorizing the scripture every Sunday. So we need to put application and we have to put our feet to the road just like be a runner, you have to do all these variety of things of exercising and running every day. Well, we need to put something in our hearts and lives positive every day. So may I challenge you all to do that. Mackenzie, is there anything else you wanted to share? Sometimes I question, you know, like why why would God care about my marriage, you know, my one marriage. But I was listening to um, Dr. Robert Jeffers. He comes on, he's like a a preacher in a Dallas um, church, and he was telling us about how God loves marriage so much and upholds it so much that he intervened. He made it to where Pharaoh had, like, sores where he couldn't sleep with the man's wife because he stood in the way. He said, no, y'all are married. I'm not going to allow this. And there's so many instances in the Bible, like Hosea, where God intervenes in marriage. You just have to seek it out with a new eye, you know, like you have to, you have to look and ask God to show you, but God loves marriage so much that he cares about each of our marriages, and it's just a crazy thing. Yes, he does. It is very important to him, and that's why it's, you know, something that should be as important to us, and that's why we want to fight for it and continue to have it be a priority in our lives instead of just giving up. So I think God is definitely pleased when it's as important to us as it is to him. Well, Mackenzie, we're glad that you took a few minutes out to talk to us today. And I know that people are going to be encouraged to just see someone who's in the middle of it and having victory and having growth with God, which is what's most important. That's what that's what's most important in this whole equation is that your life is changing and that you're becoming more like Christ every day. Amen. That's a blessing. Thank you, guys. We're thrilled that you were able to share today. We're thrilled that you came and uh, spoke from your heart to other people and encouraged them to do so many different things that they may not have done yet. I challenge you. Every Sunday, we have where you can sign up for Hiding God's Word. And that is learning one new scripture a, a week. And if you only want to do it once a month, you can go and, and sign up and only look at them, what we're memorizing, but hiding God's word. Imagine if you memorized one scripture every other week, what you would have. You can put it in your journaling and you can start saying, this is scripture I'm going to memorize. And they're all regarding faith and hope and trust or marriage. There's always it's a, a something for you to memorize that will be helpful. Well, we're going to close out in prayer. And thanks again, Mackenzie, for for being with us. But let me pray for us as we finish. Lord, I thank you for Mackenzie and for her husband. And I thank you for the stand that she has taken for marriage, for her marriage. And I thank you for the way you have changed her so much in this process and that daily she is becoming more like you. Lord, I pray for the men and women who are listening to this. And I pray that they would have that same desire to be more like you, whatever the cost, and that you would just help them to lay down the things they're trying to control, to lay down 
their marriages to lay down their ability to manipulate situations, but they would just fully lean on you for your will in their lives. Lord, I pray for Mackenzie's prodigal and for the many other prodigals that are out there, and we pray that you would just chase after them. God, we know that you love them, that you died on the cross for them, and so I pray that they would sense who you are, that they would have a realization that they're missing something in their life and that something is a relationship with you. I pray that there would be prodigals that just run home, even today, God, that they would pick up the phone and call their spouse and repent for what's happened. But, Lord, I pray that you would keep the people who are praying for restoration healthy. I pray that they would not only be healthy in you as Christians, but you would also keep them from temptations, keep them steadfast, help them to be continually looking in the word and fighting the temptation that they may feel towards things that would not be your will, towards other people or towards pornography or things that you would not have for them. Lord, I pray that for Mackenzie that you would just continue to strengthen her. Lord, as her family is walking through um, her father's death that she talked about, I pray that you would just continue to heal their hearts. I thank you for the prayer partner that her dad was to her and for the way he got to see his daughter just growing in you. And, Lord, we know that he is in heaven with you today, and we thank you for that. And, God, we pray that he will know that, Victory has come to Mackenzie's marriage when her husband comes home. We thank you for the gift of marriage and for what it means to you. And we love you. Amen. 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 Mackenzie, thank you. We love you and we love all you standers and men and women, husbands, wives who are praying for your marriage. Don't give up. We have a resource that we want to give you called A Prayer Against Generational Sins. You can receive this free resource when you text the word rejoice to 954-908-6744. Again, to receive the resource called A Prayer Against Generational Sins, just text the word rejoice to 954-908-6744. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.